Welcome to Genius Leadership Overcoming Everything podcast. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighter mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders about their rollercoaster ride to leading from their zone of genius. If you find the show valuable, could you do me a favor? Rate and review the podcast. Share it with your network so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. And for now, let's take the ride together. Hey, Genius Leader. Welcome to another episode. Today, you'll hear another founder from Ukraine, uh, Alexander Solovey. With him, we're talking about his company, FinMap. Um, It's a tool for cash flow reports and planning for small and medium enterprises. And uh, we're discussing how he got to uh, the idea of creating a product like that or a service like that, how his, him being an outsider, quote-unquote, in the financial industry is actually a benefit. We're discussing the growth of him as a leader uh, from before the war times and how understanding people is one of his values or his drives as a leader. And we're discussing that from my perspective or the framework of the triple C with the curiosity, courage, and consistency. But we're also, of course, talking about the past three months of the war and how that has affected him as a leader, how it has affected uh, their company, how they have been dealing with that, and what are the lessons. And we touch on the topics that we did not maybe expect to go into, like feminism and human rights, how all of us are or can be a part of the history of making history right now. And uh, hopefully we can inspire, inspire more people to be an active part of making the history in a good way. And we hope that you're joining that team, <laughs> that camp, if you haven't so far. Uh, we also go on the, on the rant uh, with each other about how much we are in awe of Ukrainians and, and their drive. And we give some examples of what we mean with that. And generally, it's just a, a fun conversation. To me, it felt like a conversation with a cup of coffee with a good friend, uh, just talking about high and low and um, having fun at the same time, going into the depth with the topics, the serious topics. And I hope you'll have that feeling as well. I hope you'll feel as a part of that uh, table, uh, sit down with a coffee, cup of coffee or something, and uh, listen to this conversation, feel a part of that friend conversation. So enjoy and see you on the other side. Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So uh, let's just dive in directly. Tell us uh, about FinMap uh, online. What do you do? Um, what What is your business? What? How old is the company? How big is the company? Uh, yeah, thank you. With pleasure. So uh, I'm Alex. Uh, I'm co-founder of FinMap. Uh, FinMap is a cash flow management tool for small business owners. FinMap helps uh, small and mid-sized businesses like agencies, constructors, uh, marketing agencies, developers uh, to get a real-time visibility of what's going on in their business in terms of money. So they uh, can avoid cash gaps, they have understandable financial reports, and uh, finally, they can do all that stuff automatically. 
because those business owners who are using spreadsheets in their business, those things, uh, and they create all cash flow management by their own. They can produce a lot of chaos because uh, not a lot of business owners understand how to manage their finances correctly. And I'm not talking about the accounting because mostly uh, you've got or the accountant or you have some kind of tool for uh, for making reports for the government. But uh, in terms of cash flow management, in terms of understanding how much money you've got in your business, or uh, would you be able to pay salary till the end of the month, or which of the projects are more profitable for you? Uh, this is what our tool is made for. You must also... I, yeah, uh, I'll just pause you here. For, uh, like, I'm smiling uh, a bit extra because you're talking about, like, yeah, people who use spreadsheets in their businesses, they can create a lot of chaos. And I'm thinking about myself and I'm just, like, uh, came to the picture of that monk, uh, three monkeys who are sitting, closing their mouth, eyes and ears. Because this is the topic I'm like, I'm not enjoying myself in my own business. And I'm always like, uh, don't want to hear, don't want to know. So there is no cows. There is just nothing. <laughs> uh, or, until, yeah, or nothing. Yeah. Until, yeah. Until, so, until you appear somewhere in the cash gap or until you appear somewhere having a lot of money that you owe to somebody and you did not even knew that. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a friend or my husband's friend. He's a, a lawyer for um, companies helping them file bankruptcies nowadays. And I, I've learned so much about uh, that cash flow issues from him uh, because he's saying quite a lot of business owners don't realize that they're actually bankrupt and uh, he works in Germany. In Germany, you're uh, paying quite a lot of uh, fines if you don't file for bankruptcy on time. So the tools like yours is super valuable, I would say. It's very needed and uh, like I'm very interested myself <laughs> in digging into it. I was already like preparing for the interview. I was going looking at the demo and looking at the pricing and so on because I feel like this is definitely something I would need. Great. That's great to hear. So yeah, I interrupted you. You wanted to uh, say a bit more about the history of the company or the size? Yeah, yeah, sure. You've asked about the size. So uh, right now uh, there are 16 employees uh, working inside of FinMap. Uh, we have uh, our clients in more than 12 countries and uh, more than 1,500 uh, companies are currently using FinMap. So uh, this, is the, uh, this is the volume of, of my business. We already raised several VC rounds and we're now scaling rapidly in the Central Europe and we'll be continuing growing here because we see a huge demand. We thought that our product is more suitable for kind of developing markets uh, like Ukraine or like Kazakhstan or so on. But we saw that there is a pretty nice traction in Poland, for example, or like in uh, Czech Republic. So uh, in the European countries where we thought that this uh, issue is already uh, like cleared up, but no, mm. we, we see that even without any direct uh, marketing campaigns, we, we have our product growing with help of word of mouth. And uh, mm. this is a very interesting thing for us. And that's why we have uh, started exactly the growing campaign uh, in the Europe. That's cool. So uh, you said small and medium businesses, right? Uh, enterprises. Yeah. Uh, when is it time to start looking at your to tool? Uh, is there a moment when it's too early or can a business owner start doing it from day one of their company existence? Uh, you know, uh, the uh, my answer to such kind of a question always is uh, the more early you will manage your finances properly, uh, the bigger business you will have and the more mm -hmm. profitable business you will have. And maybe this is not an aim for somebody to have uh, like 
huge business or profitable business, just they love what they're doing and they're happy for any money that they are earning from there. But if you want to buy an apartment, if you want to buy a new car, if you want to buy a new iPhone or some something like that, and you're running your small business. So the only way to understand how to earn more is exactly to run your finances properly. Of course, you should have a beautiful product. Of course, you should have all those processes that be your business. But uh, this is such a typical scenario for a business owner that he is doing the thing he loves. And he thinks that finances is something very, uh, something very, um, how do I say that, uh, not interesting and you should mm-hmm. ignore that. Uh, but in fact, there is nothing very complex uh, if you just know some basic things. And as soon as you know such kind of basic things, as soon as you have a product or a tool that makes you run your finances easily, this is uh, the way you can scale your business and be a, a profitable business owner. So uh, answering the question from the very first day or which kind of, or for example, whether this, this is a big business or a small business, typically, uh, if you're now running uh, your company's finances in some kind of spreadsheets and you're trying to figure out how uh, which clients gained you this kind of money or which project uh, gained you other money uh, and you have a turnover at least uh, 10 or 15K of USD in a month, so this is a typical uh, way to start looking for some kind of tool, uh, not to do that in uh, in a spreadsheet. Cool, thanks. And you mentioned that it's uh, it's important if you, for example, want to um, uh, buy some things and so on for yourself uh, as a as a result of your business being profitable. But I would say I, I know a lot of people in my network and, and also among the genius leaders tuning in into the show that it's about the impact and. I, I feel it's so strong right now with the war in Ukraine that I do want my business to thrive and be more profitable and be more successful so that I can contribute more financially to Ukraine. I'm donating as I can right now as a percentage of my salary and uh, like every month, but then also uh, ad hoc uh, donations here and there. But that's the thing. The more money I have, the more I can actually help my home country. And that can be a different uh, cause for you. It could be something about um, human rights. It can be something about the animals and, and whatever it is in, in the world that you care for. The, the more successful your business is, the more impact you can actually create with your money. Uh, absolutely. This is just a matter of which purpose uh, somebody is running his business. Of course, uh, at the end of the day, you run a business to earn money. And uh, otherwise, you won't do that. But uh, money is not the thing that you are aiming for because you want to do something with that money. And of course, business is one of the ways to earn money. You mentioned that uh, finances and cash flow uh, predictions and um, the topics like that are not complicated. Listening to you, one can think that you, you're a financial analyst in the background or so, but your education is a completely different field. Can you tell us a bit more about that? What you have studied and how did you get to um, starting or uh, founding uh, FinMap? Yeah, sure. With pleasure. So, yep, uh, I have no uh, uh, like special education in finances. And I think that it is a very great thing for a guy who is doing a financial tool for business owners. Because there are tons of different uh, tools on the market, which which are created by financial managers or CFOs or whatever. So those people who do really know absolutely perfect uh, how the finances should be running, 
But mm. this is totally different world that a business owner is thinking like and cash flow, uh, like this CFO is thinking like. So those tools are not applicable to business owners because they do not really understand what's going on there. And even right now, when I'm showing a film up to uh, some kind of CFO, he says, oh, well, okay, but you need this kind of report, that kind of report, this kind of stuff, and that kind of metric. Absolutely, definitely. Because without those things, nobody will use that. <laughs> but when I show my tool to a business owner, especially a small business owner, like, for example, uh, a, a girl who, who is running a marketing agency that has about 10 employees and like five or six projects a month. So she do not even know what is the difference between P&L statement, cash flow statement, balance sheet, and so on. She, do, she do, does not care about that. She needs some, something understandable where she see how much money she's got on their accounts because we have more than 2,000 integrations with uh, different banks. So she can see everything what is going on in her business in terms of like uh, cash at the moment. She can predict cash flows in terms of answering the question whether she will be able to pay salary at the end of the month. And we have just automatical uh, function that shows her whether she will have those uh, funds or not. And she do not care any uh, absolutely about some special metrics, things and so on. Just regular, simple questions. So that, that's it. And uh, my previous business was a furniture factory. Uh, we have uh, created it uh, from the scratch, from nothing. We've got our capital in uh, in amount of 100 US, uh, US dollars. And this is the only thing from which, we, from which we started. And I used to run this business for four years and we have grown it up to uh, 600 square meters of, uh, of our factory size and uh, more than 1,000 items that we were producing a month. So, and based on my experience on how to do financial management in such kind of pretty complicated business, because when you produce something, you've got all your things in different states. So you've got raw materials, then you've got something uh, that you have already produced, and uh, you, you should calculate some kind of self-cost of that. And when you're selling something, you need to understand, uh, well, was that a reasonable price? Do are you covering all your expenses with uh, with those margin that you receive from the selling? And this is a pretty complicated thing. And we were managing all those stuff in uh, our uh, homemade spreadsheets. And during that period, I uh, I have met my current co-founder Ivan. Uh, he was running a small outsourcing company. He was doing exactly automations for small businesses and this is how we met and he was doing that for more than five years and he told that more than 70 percent of all the requests to his company from business owners was from here to there please show me in an understandable way how much mm -hmm. money i'm earning and where i'm losing my money so i was in the process of uh, searching for something global and ivan was looking for something global and uh, we were traveling together a lot, talking about the business. And uh, we came up that it's a great thing to create something scalable, something global together. And this is how we have created FinMap. So that it was based on uh, our, uh, our pain, that it was based on our experience, that it was based on the understanding of the market. And all these things came together. 
and we made uh, FEMA. And mm-hmm. stepping one step before, I'm an engineer uh, by my education. I'm an optical engineer. I've done master's degrees in several universities, so I'm not far from tech things because this is part of my life. So this is just a brief history how we done that. Yeah, I think it's the, always the best um, companies that come from from knowing the pain yourself and uh, just solving that. That's that's how, what entrepreneurship is often about, right? And I, I like it how what what you're saying and. I summarize it as it's the value of being an outsider in your own field or in your business industry. So uh, being an outsider as in not in being a financial analyst is actually a huge win because you you know how difficult and how intimidating it can be to look at the financial report or try to create some for a small business owner who is in a service or agency uh, industry somehow. So it's amazing that um, you, you managed to build a team that has built this great product that is working on so many markets already and keeps growing. So cool. So Alex, tell us about the leadership part of of your journey. Growing something, of course, it's not the first business for you, but growing something from scratch to having 16 employees right now, um, how has that been for you? I'm discovering or I'm uh, studying the theme of leadership uh, every time. I mean, I read a lot of books on that. I read uh, a lot of articles. I'm like day-to-day experience. I mean, I'm receiving day-to-day experience about the leadership things because during uh, during uh, the process when you're running your business or when you have some kind of crisis inside or uh, when you have, but you know, there's always good times and bad times. And uh, while there are good times inside of the business, every, everybody's happy everybody uh, everything is like super cool and so on everybody motivated but when you have bad times uh, this is a normal thing for a business uh, for any business there you go with your approaches there you go with your skills to motivate people to hire people to uh, challenge them to do some great stuff and of course to lead them to make some great things together so in terms of leadership i cannot tell I know, uh, like from the inner side about my personal leadership things, but my approach is more than um, I try to understand people. So mm-hmm. the more I understand why do people do what they do, the more I understand how to create something together with them. So this is this is my way. I love it. I call it curiosity. And, and this is one of the pillars that I feel like you need for uh, being a good leader. I usually say about the three C's, it's curiosity, courage, and consistency. Because without being cur- curious, you you can't like, you, you're just in your own world without stepping into the world of the others. And that means that you can't lead the others really, because you don't understand them. Courage is really about being Having having this ability of going against the flow and doing something that is maybe uh, unusual in your space, uh, maybe not so popular and so on, but you you know that this is needed for your purpose. And then the consistency is also a huge factor for success. It's really not about the huge steps, but it's really leading yourself and the others with the tiny steps every single day that really builds this uh, compound effect. So, so cool that you mentioned, mentioning, understanding the people. Yeah, beautiful. Very interesting framework. You know, I, I was I was doing that like in, a, in some kind of natural way, but you have uh, summarized uh, this approach. 
And that's from observation and uh, experience. You know, I work with leaders, so I'm just trying to come up with like, we like to put things in the frames. And and that's what I was uh, trying to understand. Like, okay, what, what are the things I see as amazing features of the leaders that I work with? And I came to those things. Or what are the things that they come to me for? uh, They want to improve on or they, they see that I do it well and they, they want to learn from me and so on. So this was the, the way for me to form it. And of course, it's not the only way, but there are many ways of, of putting uh, these things in the frames, but that was the my way of summarizing it. So if we talk about the understanding people, can you give a couple of examples? What does it mean on a daily basis, like da- daily basis or da- examples of you and your day as a CEO? What does it mean when, that you try to understand people? Uh, what, what does it mean to understand people? Yeah. yeah. How, how are you trying to do it on a daily basis? Yeah. I can, I don't know, I can remember like dozens of examples. Um, First of all, maybe to understand one of our challenges in terms of communication and and building our business, we're a totally remote team. So uh, when we were smaller, I mean smaller, like five of us, uh, of course, it was very easy to communicate even in one chat and that's it. But right now there are 60 people and there are different departments. There are different challenges in any in every department, and mm-hmm. also uh, there is a huge theme in terms of mental uh, stability and mental health inside of our team because all of our teammates are from Ukraine. Uh, most of them are in Ukraine right now, and um, uh, why am I talking about that? And why am why do I connect that things to um, understanding people? Is our approach for interacting with with those people. What do I mean? So first of all, I need to understand what is the real state uh, of person right now. I mean, whether he is motivated, whether he is uh, not upset, whether he understands his goals or the direction where he's going. And me as a manager, me as a CEO, I need to be sure that I have have taken out all the obstacles that that can make not possible doing some uh, some great stuff for for those people. So what do I mean? For example, if I see that one of my managers is upset, I need to understand why he is upset. And when he's not performing well, maybe he's not performing well not not because he is a lazy person or he does not understand the goal. Maybe maybe something is going on in his family or something is going on inside of himself. Or some just mental, how do I call it? I don't know. Some challenges or, or mental stress. Yes, yes. Some kind of mental challenges. For example, uh, no, the, uh, I know, behavioral patterns. So this is a thing uh, that I was uh, investigating a lot and uh, reading a lot and studying. This is how to recreate or how to change behavioral patterns inside, inside of your teammates in terms of, for example, somebody is blocked with some kind of tasks. And we need to understand what is the way to help him to avoid these problems because he knows how to do that. And he is very stressed with other tasks that is falling, falling, and falling. And besides helping him to raise his uh, hard skills as a manager, I need to help him in a psychological way to to, to pass through, those blocks, yeah, yeah. To, to overcome those blocks, and one of one of the reasons why why we have hired our HR that is a professional psychologist, and one of her tasks is to uh, make 
psychological sessions with all of our teammates just to understand which kind of uh, mental blocks they have uh, that could be an obstacle uh, mm-hmm. for making some great uh, things. So this is one of one of the ways how do we understand people and how to be uh, how do we avoid all those obstacles uh, on on mental things. The the other example is for example we have some kind of meeting regular meeting with our top managers discussing some problem and I see that this person and this person do not understand the the thing that they are talking about. They are arguing uh, slightly arguing, but I see that. Basically, they do not understand the, uh, I mean, deeply this thing. And mm-hmm. uh, even if we have some next meeting or if they have some kind of things to do after this meeting, I say to them, you should cancel all that things that you are will be going uh, to do after this meeting. Just have as more time as you need to talk to each other and to be synchronized at the basic things. Uh, what are you talking about? Because when they will have... Uh, some conversation and won't understand to the very end each other there will be a problem until the end of some kind of process so this is the second way how do we understand people hey genius leader i'm chiming in here quickly to ask you to do one thing for me if you're enjoying this episode share it with one person who you think would find it valuable as well let's spread the goodness together so that more people can play within their zone of genius that's good and it's 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 important that it comes uh, from the leadership as well that uh, permission to to spend time on understanding each other and also to on exploring uh, ourselves understanding ourselves as you said that you hire the hr manager who has the um, the background in uh, in psychology to help every team member to understand themselves and and really um, strive uh, and have the tools to be a better version of themselves every day so that's uh, that's mind shifting in action there. <laughs> awesome. So uh, Alex, tell us about the past three months. How has it been for you and your team? Did uh, the full full scale invasion anyhow affect your business and your plans? First and foremost. Sure. Yeah, it's a very uh, very complicated question because it's it's a so tough time for our nation and for things that uh, everybody is uh, coming through. Uh, so the past three months. Uh, first of all, I need to say that the moment of uh, starting of the war, I was at home, and uh, that was about uh, 5 p.m. Uh, and I'm uh, I'm living outside of the Kiev. I have built uh, a house of my dream. It's a, it's a small house on the country yard with uh, which we have built together with my wife, and we were living there for three months only. And this was 5 p.m. when my friend called me and said, uh, Alex, the war has started. I said, oh, w- what are you talking about? And just in a second, an enormous, huge explosion exploded somewhere nearby. Uh, I'm living near the airfield. This is kind of a military airfield. And first, one of the first missiles uh, shelled exactly there. So the explosion was such a huge. So I thought that all the windows will be just blown out uh, of my house. And the very first moment you you hear such kind of explosion, uh, you're definitely an, another person. Mm. So uh, there's two different persons as, as myself before that explosion and after you hear that. And then during the day, during the first day, a lot of missiles were uh, just flying through, uh, uh, through the sky above, helicopters, fighter jets, and so on. 
there is also um big um like oil storage i mean uh, like oil base that is uh, nearby kiev and other missiles uh, went there so a uh, huge fire around and the atmosphere itself was very tough uh, we decided to move somewhere uh further from kiev uh closer to the carpathian mountains and it took more than one day uh to drive 150 kilometers i mean we did not get even uh, one third of our way to those carpathian mountains because first of all all of the roads were overcrowded and i i have an old train vehicle and we were driving just through fields through forests and the first night when we departed from our home uh, we were just uh, sleeping on the floor inside of the church and then we were we were traveling around that part of ukraine around mountains uh, looking for a place to live because all of those places were overcrowded i mean all the, all the ukraine have moved to that place and finally we found our 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 friends uh, they have hosted us in their house in the city near romanian border and we lived there for about 2 months and during that time so me as a business owner at that moment the very first thing that i've texted in the group chat of all the business i said that please take care about yourself this is the main thing that is important for uh, for everybody right now and if you need some support uh, in terms of finances in terms of logistics and so on please uh, write here in this chat we have created several new chats as well in different messengers because we didn't know maybe something will be not working maybe uh, maybe there will be some problems with the network so to be connected with all of our team and to be sec- and to be sure that they are secured and uh, all of their family members are in safe places as well we have created such kind of coordinational center inside of our business and through like ver- first three weeks the only thing that we were doing is helping each other to find fuel to find place to live to transport somebody from one place to another uh, especially from those places that were attacked from the very first time so this is an enormously uh, life changing experience you know I, i i would like nobody to experience such kind of things but then about about 3 weeks from the beginning of the war we just remembered oh we've got our business uh let's let's see what's what's going on inside because uh the only thing what uh, that we were interested in is just saving our lives and the lives of our relatives uh, and so on and we started to and of course we need uh, we and our teammates everybody in our company they need to be focused on something else because when you 24/7 focused on things that are connected to the war it's 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 very tough so what we done we have done like the very first uh, zoom call with just everybody and just asking how are you doing where are you whether you're safe or not and then we started to create some kind of new strategy uh, to understand what should we do right after we already were uh, making our expansion and our focused expansion to different countries especially european countries because we saw that our product uh, are suiting well to the european countries but as soon as our uh, domestic market is ukraine more than 80% of businesses were from ukraine and just this was our launchpad to scale globally but nevertheless we already were on our track in scale in scaling and at that moment we understood that we need to refocus just all the team 
just on the expansion things because before only one department, like business development department was doing that. And afterwards, we just everybody, uh, all the salesperson, all the marketing people or the business developers were just focused on the expansion. And that uh, gave its results. Uh, so we have grown more than four times in Poland. Uh, we have grown more than two times in Czech Republic. Uh, overall, we have uh, recreated our metrics uh, uh, as it was in January. So first of all, the drop down was more than uh, like more than 70% of our revenue. Of course, we have lost. But the great thing that our president told that if you're a business owner and if you are able to continue doing your business or to create such kind of new business or to earn money whatever way you can, Please do that because the, this is the very important thing during war as well, because you support the economy of the country. And we saw, and you know, the, the amazing thing about my target audience, the small business owner is that they are like cockroaches. Uh, they can survive <laughs> like in any kind of situation. Yeah. And, uh, it's not the most romantic comparison, but it's good that you explain what you mean. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, this is an amazing thing. So for example, when it was the first uh, COVID lockdown, One of our target uh, clients is travel agencies, different event agencies, and so on. And from the very beginning of the of the first lockdown, all those clients they have just canceled their businesses, but they were using FinMap for uh, running their finances, and they have just frozen their accounts. And just during two months, they came up with absolutely another type of businesses. Mm -hmm. One was uh, selling, uh, one opened a um, uh, store uh, where he was uh, selling shishas, for example. You know, hookah, this is uh, mm -hmm. with, with, with smoking. And this is a great example for the small business owners. They can just in, in just in one second, they can do something else and start earning money on something else. Uh, and the similar thing came up during the war as well. So they have their uh, ruined businesses in their hometowns. They have moved somewhere else or they have exited to Europe or they have uh, settled a new business somewhere on the Western part of the country. And in the new business, they need FinMap. So uh, with the help of our Ukrainian customers, with help of our European customers, we have almost restored our metrics from the January. And uh, in May, we have grown even 3% more. So... Uh, of course, it is. It's it's not it was not done by uh, by itself. We we've done a lot of uh, a lot of work to be able to grow, but nevertheless, uh, we're continuing. We're hundred percent motivated. We are. Uh, we have huge plans. We're now raising a new our fundraising round, and we're almost pre A stage. So we're we're going to raise our A round investments in the first quarter of the next year. So. We should continue. Uh, what, mm. what else should we do? Of course, we will continue mm. and uh, create an amazing product. It's a jaw-dropping um, and information, let's say that way, uh, for Western Europe or for the Nordic uh, acquaintances of mine. When I would say at which capacity Ukrainian companies are working right now, they would be just going uh, with their jaws uh, wide open or mouth wide open, like what working? I would just hide under the blanket. And that's the thing, just what you're talking about. It's um, 
it's important for coping mentally yourself, uh, for your own health, but also it is very important uh, on the economic level for for the country to continue to keep uh, the infrastructure going somehow. So I think this is a great example of how work and and feeling of purpose in in work uh, can make a huge difference for us as uh, as persons on the individual level, but also as the society. And that's something that I hope that the whole world will be looking at and saying, what can be my purpose? Because we've, we've been talking about that for some years now, about the employee disengagement and the mental health issues uh, for the uh, for the people in, in the workplace and so on. And this is the example of how you can find a purpose in the same work, right? Of course, we're, I'm mostly talking to entrepreneurs and who are very passionate about what they, what they do. And they have been passionate before their full, full time or full scale invasion. But that's something that we can all tap into. Even people who maybe not have enjoyed their work that much, they have chosen to find the purpose when the war has started and they needed to support themselves, their families, and the economy of their country. And that's something that we all can do independently of the situation and the context. You don't have to have war around you to find a purpose in whatever you are. And we, I think it's a very important message for the world right now that Ukraine is showing, like stop looking elsewhere, start digging where you stand in a way to... To find the, the answers to your questions, and um, I think Ukrainian entrepreneurs are a great example of that. Yeah, yeah, I'm amused uh, for the Ukrainian business owners as well. So uh, this is the great thing. And you know, uh, I want to add. You, you told about like sitting under the blanket, but uh, people are uh, even right now. I mean, even uh, uh, even past all those three months from the very beginning, the airstrikes in the different cities uh, did not disappear. And as soon as they hear the air alarm, they grab their stuff, grab their dogs, grab their children, and just run to the bomb shelter. And uh, uh, thankfully for a lot of uh, companies, I mean, a lot of like network companies, a lot of bomb shelters right now is uh, they have Wi-Fi. So, mm. so a lot of people just working directly from the bomb shelters because you have the internet there. You just grab your laptop and continue doing your business. And we've got tons of images of our employees uh, just sitting somewhere behind the brick wall and just doing their their day-to-day job. Mm. I've done once uh, with another friend of mine a project back in Sweden where I still live there where we brought Ukrainian young journalists and activists to Sweden for a week and we had a full uh, week of uh, program of teaching them about the gender equality. We wanted to uh, give the tools and experiences and the knowledge to the people who are creating media in Ukraine mm-hmm. about how to improve the gender questions. Uh, the gender media, questions? It, yeah. Oh, gender, you, you, yeah. You see yeah. My, uh, I, I actually wanted to go to that uh, later on. Yes, we'll go to your t-shirt <laughs> in a moment. And the thing is that one of the girls who participated in that program, she is now the uh, chief communication officer for Vivat, which is the publisher uh, based in Kharkiv, a book mm-hmm. publisher. And they, two, I think it was two months into the war, they made a book presentation in a bomb shelter with Sergei Jadan, who is a very... Um, popular, very famous Ukrainian writer right now. Yeah, I know him. Uh, he, he, it was him who translated the book and um, he presented the book. He pre- debuted or his uh, new song that he wrote based on the, his experience of translating the book. And that was quite a, a 
getting quite a buzz that not only we are working <laughs> from the Bob Shell shelters, not only are we giving birth to kids in the Bob Shell shelters, yeah. but we're also launching uh, books and continue creating culture and uh, really working on every single front uh, that is important for life so that we it's easier for us to rebuild the country after the victory. Yeah, and I want to add such a, such an interesting thing about Ukrainians as well. So uh, we're talking a lot about working, 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 and I saw like a lot of examples when governmental, I mean, like uh, some what do you say, governmental agencies in other countries, uh, those who are in charge of labor and uh, working stuff and so on, they were just shocked by the Ukrainians who went to the to so uh, they are refugees in other countries. And mm-hmm. the very first thing that uh, when they enter the country, they say, I want to work because a, a lot of other refugees from other countries, they just run to the different European countries. Uh, of course, I'm not, I'm not like distinguishing that, but the mm-hmm. interesting fact and a lot of my European friends, a lot of uh, my uh, friends, entrepreneurs from different countries, they, uh, they just amused how, uh, how much and how effectively Ukrainians are working they love to work and this is kind of very very working nation so mm-hmm. uh, so this is why we're working from the bomb shelters this is why all the refugees like uh, went to other countries and continue working searching for jobs and not just uh, like like v- very very how do i call it very primitive jobs but very mm-hmm. different types of jobs and yeah. uh, this is the great thing about ukrainians as well uh, we love to work. I, I talked a lot about that as well back in Iceland. Uh, I worked um, in a uh, government agency for a month, mm-hmm. helping them with the uh, Ukrainian refugees. It was an agency uh, providing information and being the first connection point after the people uh, where people are getting their refugee status or protection status. Um, and uh, the uh, my colleagues there, they were saying like we've been working as, in social work uh, in different institutions for 15 years and we've never seen refugees like this so driven so <clears throat> like they're there to actually keep moving the 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 country forward and so on even though they had to save their lives protect their children and, and and leave their homes this way they're still there they want to contribute and on the volunteer side i've, I've been volunteering as well and our organization has been uh, receiving a lot of messages like that uh, People sitting in Poland, for example, and saying we want to move further, and we're thinking thinking of Iceland. Is it possible to find a job? It wasn't about how much do you do they pay as a social benefit or anything like that. It was is it possible to work there? Can I provide for myself? And now I'm saying that I have goosebumps actually because this is just such a drive in our nation, and I'm so proud of our people showing how how we are and also setting the the plank a bit uh, i hope for for us as the global society that how much we can we can do together yeah yeah i totally agree with you so alex you showed me the t-shirt and i saw uh, yeah. until until you uh, stood up i saw only the first word feminism and it says yeah. feminism for humanism feminism or what? for humanism yeah explain yourself please <laughs> yeah uh, this is one of my uh, like Best T-shirts. I mean, the, uh, because uh, I was not preparing, and this not the special uh, T-shirt for such kind of things. But uh, it just was the T-shirt that I was walking around my home, or where I walked uh, th- th- through other. Uh, I mean, out of the home as well. There is huge amount of problems between genders in terms of uh, feminism and in terms of uh, rights of uh, women. 
I mean, if you just open the statistics, even in Ukraine, there is about uh, 30% of uh, victims inside of the family. So uh, 30% of families uh, have women as victims of different, not great things. I mean, they they are punished, they're uh, they're beaten and so on, and they they do not report uh, nowhere. Or there Mm is, uh, if you will open the amount of the salary for women in the whole world, you will see that for some kind of diff- very strange reason, uh, women uh, earn less than men. And this is also a very strange thing for me, especially. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, in my company, uh, and I did not know that before the war, you know, I was not like focusing on that. But uh, when the war started and a lot of uh, teammates uh, exited Ukraine, and only at that moment, I realized that we have like half by half uh, mm. girls and boys inside of our team. And in our top management, we've got 90% of girls. And uh, this is all about the rights in terms of in terms of working. And personally, me, I see that there is huge amount of problems through all of the world when, uh, when uh, and a lot of things that women can do much better than men. And as soon as the society will realize these things, we will have less amount of wars, less amount of conflicts, and much more sustainable uh, society. And, you know, I can talk about this like for hours, <laughs> but uh, mostly the main message is that I'm struggling for uh, human rights and uh, not, not like uh, we're all humans, not mm-hmm. men and women. So this is, this is the main thing. So, yeah, I, I could also uncover this in a hundred ways and we could continue talking for hours, but um, thank you so much for, for being the, uh, so vocal about uh, the importance of equaling the the two terms of feminism and humanism. I, I'll actually give example for from the second part of the project that I mentioned. We we did a uh, conference for journalists about gender equality in Poltava. Half a year later, or almost yeah, half a year later after the exchange program in in Sweden, um, we had uh, over sixty journalists and uh, journalist students um, coming over for two days of the event. And we had some uh, school kids volunteering uh, at the entrance, so checking with the registration name mm-hmm. uh, lists and giving out the bracelets for people and so on. And uh, at some point, one of those girls came to me and said, "Like, so this is about feminism, the whole event." And I'm like, uh, "In a way, yes." And she was like, "Are you a feminist?" And she was looking at me almost like she was hoping that I would say, "No, of course not." And I was like. Yes. And you could see this weird face of her, like she didn't know what to do with this information because she's been already interacting with me for half a day. She's seen me, she talked to me and and I was a normal person, right? For her, a fun person and so on. I was with my half-year-old daughter at that event and so on. And I, and it, you could see that that didn't fit into her worldview, like a feminist. This girl was a feminist. Like what? And I started talking to her and realized that in her head, and I understand that it's many people thinking that a feminist is a person, like this angry girl who is like pissed at the whole world, who is just fighting with every guy she sees on the street and everything like that. Exactly. And we, exactly. Yeah. We just. We just need to break these stereotypes. And, and for that, it's very important for me to see the role models like you who, who are talking openly about that. Like, hey, I actually see the value in that for all of us. And this is our problem right now. And we can be part of the solution. 
sure, sure. I totally agree with you. And uh, exactly the problem, uh, one of the problem is that people just do not understand what the world, uh, what the word itself means, because mm. I am a feminist as well. And this not about that I am like uh, running around with my with my breast opened and uh, just jumping on some politics and so on. Not at all, of course. This is all about the human rights. And this is all about the harmony uh, in, in the society. And this is the way. And this is what is the, the feminism. So tell us how your feminism is um, manifesting or how, how it works. What, um, what steps uh, can you recommend others uh, to do uh, from your own experience to, to be an active participant in the movement and in creating a solution? Uh, you know, um, I can talk only about things that that, that I uh, see around me. I, when I see, for example, I'm I'm in a lot of uh, business communities. I I participate in a lot of uh, networking events and so on. And especially things that I see, for example, like in in, in different business communities, when uh, you're you're sending like several people, uh, boys and girls, and a lot of Examples when when a business owner like a wise person you know comes to you he shakes your hand and he do not even pay attention on a woman mm. and only when th this woman uh, starts saying that she is a business owner she's got her own factory she's got her own real estate agency she's got blah 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 and only at that moment men starts to pay attention to her mm. only when uh, not because of she's uh, she's standing with us not just because she probably could be a smart person uh, so i it's not a good thing when when um, when women need to need, need to prove that mm. they also could be a part of business uh, community and so the, the very first step just say hello to women shake their hands and uh, and talk about the business mm. yeah it's it's uh, thanks for for this example it's i think a step that can really lower the barrier for people uh, to enter the the world of being active for the human rights and uh, rights of uh, females or providing space for females that uh, they deserve. I'm thinking about um, the statistics about the investments as well, how little access to capital, venture capital and so on, uh, female founders have, um, depending on which geographic you look at it's between one and two percent right now maybe two and a half in some regions but it's just very little and uh, it's uh, important to have people like you just talking about this that that's an issue and we are losing the potential or we're not tapping into the potential uh, of uh, of half of the population And um, your example just gave me also a memory of one of my clients who who said that his approach was to be an ally or the, so to say, enemy in the room, quote unquote, uh, or enemy within. Uh, he teamed up with a female board member on the board that he was a part of, and uh, he would always back her and he would always pay attention to her ideas. And sometimes when her ideas were ignored at the board meeting, he would couple of minutes later, name the same idea, draw attention to it, obviously, because he's a guy. And uh, uh, then he would really put people on this in the spot saying, like, she just really mentioned the same idea. It comes from her. So why are you not listening to her? Really getting people aware 
of the patterns that we have. And just talking what we talked about earlier with the self-awareness and being curious and trying to understand, that's one of the things. Uh, I think part of the problem is that we don't understand that we all have these patterns, or a lot of us. And it's very good to bring awareness to that, just as you said, with a simple saying hi to the person in the room, independent yeah, of yeah, your gender. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about the patterns, just imagine a CEO, who it is. The first thing that comes on your mind, it's kind of a uh, man, really. Yeah. That is just the evidence. So, yeah. Yeah, that was a, a bit of a detour from what I uh, of planned to talk about. But it, I, I love these unscripted conversations just because of that. We touch on the different topics that are important and that we not always know in advance that we'll get to them. Um, Alex, I would like to wrap up with um, a question of what would you like our audience to take with them from this conversation or just your message of something that maybe not, have not covered. And that can be about business, about war in Ukraine, or about leadership? Uh, with pleasure. So uh, as soon as I am here and as soon as I'm a um, Ukrainian startup founder and as soon as uh, there is a war in Ukraine, so please support Ukraine for whatever purpose you can. Uh, one of the ways you can just go to finmap.online and uh, if you're a business owner, just to try to use our tool. If you're managing your finances in a spreadsheet, just look over our product see whether we can help you. Uh, we've got all uh, interface in English. We've got a lot of FAQs. We've got a lot of videos describing how to manage your finances in a proper way. So this is one of the ways you can help Ukraine and my company as well, being a Ukrainian startup. So we, have, we will have more European traction. And this is a great stuff for our company right now. Uh, the first thing, the second thing is um, that all that we're experiencing uh, all that we are experiencing right now together is a new step of history and all of us are living in the like historical book i mean you know because all this thing uh, will be in several years described very very precisely and uh, our children will will be studying uh, this on their historical lessons in in their schools Hopefully, if there will be no atomic war, and if, if it will be, so there will be no schools and nothing, and uh, and no Ukrainian entrepreneurs building uh, some kind of products. So I hope there will be no atomic war. So the more support Ukraine will have now, the faster uh, our country will have a victory in this awful war. Uh, we will stop this cruel uh, dictator from Russia who has just invaded uh, Europe uh, in the 21st century. So I think everybody understands how, how abnormal such kind of stuff is going on. But nevertheless, talking about the leadership, whatever is going on, not, uh, not, not paying attention to what is going uh, on around, you need to be motivated. You need to motivate yourself because you have a lot of people behind you you should definitely find your ways to be motivated and to see a uh, uh, bright light at the end of the tunnel. And this should drive you. Then you will drive those people. Those people will drive nation. And uh, at the end of the day, all the planet will uh, benefit from that. So mm. I wish everybody a lot of energy and a lot of courage to continue doing what you're doing. And if we can help you in a kind of way to manage financial management, or your finances in your business, welcome with pleasure. We, uh, we're happy to do that for you. So this is we'll my message a, and this is my conclusion for our conversation. Thanks so much, Alex. We'll, putting, uh, we'll put the link to FinMap um, 
and your LinkedIn profile uh, in the show notes that it's easy for people to reach out to you or to your team. And thank you for these beautiful um, conclusions and lessons. I, I, I love it how you covered all three levels, the <laughs> war in Ukraine and the uh, leadership um, and just the the society in general. So thank you so much for that. And thank you for the beautiful conversation. Uh, yeah, yeah thank you. Thank you. Value from it for myself. Thank you. And genius leaders, thank you as always for being a part of this community and for tuning in. Talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Genius Leadership. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button to not miss an episode. And to help more people become even better leaders, rate and review our podcast and share it with your communities. For more conversations about living and leading from your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honest conversation about leading yourself and others. And it's my honor to be your guide in overcoming everything. 